this. If you guys would close your eyes with me just for a moment. spirits to receive what you have for us. Listen, I, I'm, I feel like I'm getting a word for somebody in here. I don't know what it is or who it is. And I just feel like something something is keeping keeping you held back and something you think that that, that you've done wrong or that, that, or that you're not good enough. Whatever it is, put it in the ring with Jesus' blood right now. It doesn't stand a chance. Listen. We're going to go back through this course one more time, just just that, that hymn at the end. And if we can, guys, just voices. If we can go back through this one more time, guys, just keep your eyes closed and stay in worship with me. Whatever it is. Father, I bind it up right now on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever the distractions are, whatever the lies are from the enemy, we call them what they are, they're lies. Father, you have a future plan for us. We're not looking back. We're not looking at our past right now, Father. We, we lay everything at your feet, all of our mistakes, all of our mess-ups, everything, anything that we think are holding us back from you or, or holding you back from us even, Father, we lay them at your feet right now. Father, they don't stand a chance. Well, you don't stand a chance. <laughs> we can laugh. Because you're so good, Father. So guys, with me in worship, if you need to come down to the front, that's fine. Or, or just kneel down where you are, or just stand and worship. Whatever it looks like, this is your time. Receive what he has for you, Father. Open our hearts that we can receive right now. As we go back into the song, guys, go ahead and start up. As we go back into the song... We just want to receive what you have, Lord. Listen, guys. He's <laughs> I know I keep saying this, but I can't get it out of my head. He's better than you thought. He's so much better than you even thought he was. Father, we just receive your goodness, your grace, your love. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. But we can can accept it. We can receive it. Father, we just receive that from you right now. Your truth is so much better than ours. as we go and continue in worship celebrating this new covenant that we have with you in communion Father every moment from the smallest child in here to the oldest adult Father every moment let us just glorify you in it Father just just increase our revelation of who you are today and the reality 
of who we are in you. Thank you that you're not an idealist or a moralist, Father, but you are a realist. <laughs> Thank you for your reality is so much greater and so much better than ours. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Woo. I could stay there all day. All right. Real quick, um, we've got, we're doing communion today, which is really cool how it all worked out. And then we're having a baptism meeting next Sunday after church um, because we're going to have baptisms the following Sunday. It's going to be really cool. And so we've had a few kids and several people wanting to, wanting to get baptized. If you are interested in that, just get with me or Alicia, and we're going to talk about more about it. But we want to have a meeting with everybody, especially the kids, and just talk to them and explain to them what it is about. Because um, my kids came up and wanted to be baptized, and so now I'm having to go through the process of explaining it to them. And So it's really good, and, and I've, I've seen a lot more. It, it always works out that way. When you begin searching to, to show someone, you begin to learn a lot about it. So I just want to encourage you if, you, if you are interested in that, just get with me or Alicia and we'll, we'll get together on that. So that's coming up pretty soon. So um, uh, let's see. I don't want to do this. <laughs> if you guys will stand up with me. Um, basically, uh, Miss Libby asked me if we you know, were going to do communion coming up pretty soon. I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. We need to do that. Um, and so we kind of picked this day, and it just so happened it was Memorial Day weekend. But this is, this is a, kind of a memorial to to our new covenant and what, what we've been brought into. And uh, I started looking at the best way to explain, especially the kids, because the kids are in here. We want to have family worship, and the kids are going to come take communion with us. And so be patient with me. I want to try to explain this, especially the kids. I want you all to understand what's going on. And so what, what we have is we have some little, little cups of grape juice. It's not cake. <laughs> and I'll open it up real quick. But we've got, we've got these little cups. Okay? I'll spread them out. And then uh, we've got crackers, delicious crackers. Whoa, and I almost dropped it. All right, so I started thinking about the best way to, to kind of describe this, um, especially the kids to understand. Well, recently, well, several of, of our people, I know Lydia and uh, Joanne and Matthew are all in Disney World right now. And so we're going in June, and yesterday our neighbor called us and was like, hey, uh, where are y'all? Are y'all? Have y'all left the house yet? And I said, we're about to leave. We're, we're going out to this crawfish bull thing. And, and they said, hey, um, can you meet us somewhere? We forgot our bands, our Disney World bands. We're on our way to Disney World, and we forgot our bands. And apparently that's the ticket to get in is the little armband thing. So I said, sure. So we met them and, and uh, gave, them the, gave them the wristbands to go to Disney, and, and uh, they were all excited. And, and so I started thinking, we haven't gotten ours yet. We're going in a few weeks. We don't have our wristbands. Well, as we were planning all this, and, and the Starlings are going with us too, and we were learning about all these wristbands, well, I called to check on them and, and, and looked it up and everything. Well, when we, got, when we got all these wristbands, the way the package worked, we could only get so many, and we were one short with the package. And so we had to order another ticket. And no kid wants a ticket when everybody else has bands. <laughs> and so um, I called and talked to them, and basically this is how this works. And kids, listen, this is interesting. The bands themselves are useless. The information inside them is what gets you into Disney World. Did y'all know that? That the bands themselves really, you did know that, look at you. And so it's information, just the same way like your credit card or debit card, or you can load like a prepaid card, does that make sense? So there's information inside the bands that actually gets you into Disney World. Now, let me be clear, I'm not saying, I'm, all analogies break down at some point. I'm not saying Disney World is like heaven. Focus on the bands. <laughs> don't, don't get me started. So, <laughs> so, uh, 
So the bands themselves um, don't have the information in them. It's what's inside of them that you can't see. Does that make sense? Kids, you get that? So in the same way, these cups and these crackers by themselves don't, don't necessarily mean a lot. But what's inside of us does. Okay? What's going on inside of us is very real. When, when, when Jesus comes and lives in our hearts, his spirit lives inside us. Okay? Now, sometimes we can't see it physically. And so we have these things, just like the wristband, that we can see. And so we see these things. We can see them. It's a, it's a physical representation of what's going on in our bodies. Does that make sense? Okay. And so I just wanted to have that imagery, and, and AJ's helped me with that because he's been going through the fruits of the Spirit, and he's been bringing bananas and coconuts, and so the kids have been asking them. And I encourage you to ask your kids about that too because they're learning, and they, they, and they understand it. Um, but I just want you guys to see that, that, that the, the grape juice and the crackers by themselves, it's not some magical potion or anything by themselves that does it, but it's an outward, outward representation, especially going into baptism pretty soon. This is an outward representation of what's going on inside you, okay? Does that make sense? Okay, so um, we're gonna, I'm going to read the scripture real quick, and then we're going to come up, and once I read the scripture, we're going we're gonna to form two lines in the middle, if you guys can, um, starting at the front and kind of working your way back, and then we're going we're gonna to circle around back to the back and go back to your seats, and then we'll all take it together, okay? Does that make sense? All right. Um, this is a scripture, and I looked at, at the Corinthian scripture too, and it was really good, but it was more, um, it was more talking to the Corinthian church about the way that they were doing it. So I went back to Matthew, and I looked, and I really like this, just, just this right here. Um, and it's Matthew 16, 26. It says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant. Now remember that. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So if you guys will come up, just form two lines and come up, and then we're going to talk briefly, and we're going we're to take communion together. This is a common union. And just take one cup and one cracker. We should have plenty, but I don't want to have a Corinthian talk with you. (laughs) That'll be a different sermon. (laughs) And families, I encourage you to kind of take it together, and especially with your kids. and, And guys, if you're more comfortable coming up front or off to the side with your family, that's fine too. This is the living room. Make yourself comfortable. <laughs> We're not that formal. And, and while you're getting it, I'm, I'm going to talk about a little bit. I did some research, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it later, of the Seder, of how the, the, uh, the Jews did the Seder. And, they, and specifically when it talked about it, they talked about reclining because of their freedom. And they would recline. They weren't very, because in slavery they were, they were very stout and very, had to be a certain way. And so it's okay to be comfortable because that, that demonstrates our freedom in Christ. This is our new covenant, so it's okay to lounge. <laughs> you can lean back. Man, especially if they could... I just thought about that. If they, could, uh, if they could recline in just being free from Egypt, how much more can we recline <laughs> being free from the bondage of sin forever? Our covenant's so much better. <laughs> All right, just, just as we just talked about when we read in Matthew... Um, as we take this, it's, it's uh, oh, they want to partake. It's, it's Jesus calling. Um, and so, <laughs> sorry, my mind goes. I have all these monologues going in my head. All right, so just, just as we just talked about in Scripture that we take this as Jesus' body, what, what is important to see here, kids, listen up, look up here, guys. 
just it's important to see that we take this inside of us, okay? Um, as we take the Lord's body, this is symbolic of what's going on because Jesus lives inside us. We don't just imitate what he does on the outside or try to, try to figure out how to do it. He's with us, okay? Does that make sense? So we take the body that was broken for us on the cross and we eat it. And then just as the blood was poured out for the remission of sins, we take his blood inside us. Father, we thank you that part of this covenant is that you are with us always and you never leave us. Father, just as we take this bread inside us and we take your blood and your body inside us, Father, it's the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Father, this, this, bread, and wine are, this, this bread and wine are symbolic um, of who you are inside us. And Father, we follow you because you are with us. We don't just learn about you, but you live inside us. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit that you sent to be with us forever. We love you and we praise you, Lord, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 What's, what's interesting about, it seems like Disney's the buzz, I guess because it's summertime. What's interesting about Disney and those wristbands, the more I learned about those wristbands, it was pretty cool. Um, but I, I could see the, I could feel the panic in my friend's voice when he forgot the, <laughs> he forgot the wristbands. And I didn't tell him about, you could get some more there. You know, you can get some there as long as you, you paid for it. And there's a cost. <laughs> Trust me, there's a cost. But there's, <laughs> there's these wristbands um, that get you in. And I'm, it was funny because I heard a comedian talking about Disney. And I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm really cynical. <laughs> I feel like I'm, <laughs> thanks. I feel like I'm more maybe a, a sarcastic, <laughs> optimistic realist, maybe. If that makes any sense. It makes sense. <laughs> but <laughs> if you know me, I guess that makes sense. There's a comedian that I can kind of relate to because I've been to Disney World before, and he talks about Disney's like the only place you can walk like 40 miles a day and still gain weight. <laughs> and then he said, he said somebody asked him to describe Disney World, and he said it's like going to the DMV, except outside in the sun, and that's it. <laughs> you just wait in line. <laughs> you just that's that's all. And then he was talking about food too. He was like, you know, for some reason we feel it's necessary to eat constantly. He's like, you know, that we wake up and we get breakfast, and maybe we should, you know, go to lunch, and, and then after that we'll get a snack, and then we should probably get something to eat then, and then, and then maybe after that we'll get dinner, and then we should probably get, get some dessert or get something to eat. It's like we, you feel forced to have fun when you're there. Anyway, so we're going in June. Um, AJ's going to be preaching. It's going to be great. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm a little nervous because it is going to be hot, <laughs> but I think it's going to be fun. But I wanted to, we're going to take a break from, um, we've been going through the, the simple truth, uh, the truth about the gospel. And I'm going to take a break because as I started looking at communion, I started seeing some more things. I was like, we really need to talk about communion, especially since, we since we're taking it. And I thought maybe we should wait until the end and do communion at the end, but we're, we did it on the front side. I want to make sure the kids got involved in it. So we're going to talk briefly. I'm going to try not to keep you very long. I know everybody's got big plans, I'm sure. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about communion. So. <clears throat> Basically, in the Old Testament, God established the Seder meal to the Jews um, so they could celebrate their deliverance from the bondage of Egypt. Now, the difference is Jesus is establishing communion for us so that we can celebrate our deliverance from bondage to sin, sickness, and separation from God. So there's a, there's a difference there. and There's some really interesting things I learned just in about a week looking at the Seder meal that's very interesting, not enough that I can go through right now. But there are a lot of details in there, and I actually, working with a caterer in the past, I sat there and watched the whole Seder meal, and it was amazing. It was frustrating and amazing. It was amazing because I saw, like, Jesus throughout the whole thing. It was all the types and shadows of Jesus 
throughout the whole Seder meal. And I was like, this is incredible. But then I was frustrated because they weren't recognizing any of it. And I was like, ah, it's right there. Um, but there's, there's so much there. And I know Carol studied some on that, and she, she, was, she was telling me something about it. It was very, very interesting. Um, but there's a lot there, and it's all these types and shadows that lead and, and point towards Jesus. It's really cool. But the difference is in our communion, it's a, it's a completely different covenant. It's a new covenant. And so when we take communion, we celebrate these three things. The first one is our new covenant and total cleansing of sin. That's what we're celebrating. Um, we're celebrating Jesus' life, number two. Jesus' life and spirit within us, inside us. And number three, the exchanging of the cups. And we're going to go through those real quick. So number one, we take communion to celebrate our new covenant. This is a celebration. When I grew up, um, I didn't grow up in church at all. I was a complete bad kid. And, uh, but I, I was taken to church a few times here and there with different people. I remember a few times that I went to a communion, and it was very scary. <laughs> That's all I remember was the preacher was, was talking about, you know, don't come up here if you've got, you know, one thing wrong with you. You know, he's, it's just you're like you're going to die. And it was all this, this heaping shame and guilt. And I was really afraid. I did not go up there. <laughs> I didn't know. It's like I don't want to have it. I don't, I don't know if I'm clean enough. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't want to go up there. I didn't understand what I understand now about Jesus and how he's taken it. But I remember it being very scary and a very somber experience. I don't, I don't think we should take it too lightly, but I think that, that, that it is a celebration. It's a celebration of the new covenant celebration of Jesus that lives inside us. It's, it's more than just a ritual that we go through. It's something that's a celebration of what's going on inside us. And so just as we, we just talked about this in Matthew 16, 26, it says, and as, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Verse 27, then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Now, what's interesting is I've seen people try to operate in the old covenant system in modern day times. You talk about a frustrating place to be, <laughs> try to operate in a system that no longer exists, which even if it existed, you probably wouldn't be a part of unless you're a Jew, <laughs> or you wouldn't be a part of unless you're a Jew. But so many people I've seen try to operate in the old covenant system of blessings and cursings and blessings and cursings and blessings and cursings, and they get caught up in it. And it's a terrible cycle to get caught up in. Ask everyone in the Old Testament. It's, it's not the best covenant. We've got a better covenant. How many of you know we have a better covenant now? A much better covenant. The Old Covenant centered on a physical deliverance for the people of God. The New Covenant centers on the deliverance of the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. Hebrews 9.18 says, Therefore not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. Now, we sang about blood. We're going to talk about blood. I'm going to go through several scriptures that, that talk about blood. Um, a lot of people get wigged out. Ooh, it's blood. But it's the way the covenants work. Um, it's the way the covenants work, and that's how, they, that's how they cut covenant in the Old Testament too. The Old Covenant existed between God and Israel. The New Covenant is open to whoever, whosoever would believe. The New Covenant's better in every way. The Old Covenant was based on if-then statements. If you'll do this, then I, the Lord, will do that. Does that make sense? The New Covenant is unilateral. This is the truth. The New Covenant, God says, I'll do it. He took care of it for us. He said, okay, I realize that you are falling short of this, this, this Old Covenant. I need to make a New Covenant, and I'll take care of it for you. I'll take on the sin for you. And so we'd simply receive it by faith. The Passover Seder of the Old Covenant was based on the shed blood and sacrifice of an unblemished lamb. 
Communion is based on the reality, the truth, that Jesus is that Lamb. John 1.29 says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now let's talk about blood for a minute. I'm going to run through these scriptures. i got a bunch of them, but they're really good. Revelation 1.5 says, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. He's made us kings and priests. There's no more hierarchy. How awesome is that? Did he say he might do it? He said he did it. It's done. He's finished it. We're washed. We're clean. Kaput. He's done it. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through what? His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Knowing that you were not redeemed by, with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct, man, this is good, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You can't get it by your own works, by your own traditions, by your religion, by your practices. You can't get there. It's only through the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 2.13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He is within you. Colossians 1.20, And by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having, having made peace through, through the blood of his cross. Hebrews 9.12 says, Not with the blood of and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. That's forever. How long are you redeemed for? Forever. Hebrews 10, 11. And every priest stands ministering. Oh, this is good. And every priest, i got to stand up for this one. <laughs> and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, God, I love verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down at the right hand of God. From what time, sorry, I can't read. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made of his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Listen, he sat down. Why did he sit down? He was done. He's the, only, he's the first priest to ever sit down. He finished it. He, complete, he took it all. Man, that's good. All right, I've got five terms in the New Covenant. And this comes from Hebrews 8. I'm not going to go through the whole scripture for time's sake. Hebrews 8, 8 through 12, if you want to write it down and look at it later. I'm going to pull basically five scriptures from there. Um, but these are five terms of the New Covenant. Uh, Jesus' life and spirit within us. I will write my law in their hearts. Man, this is good news. First term of the New Covenant, God is going inside. I will write my law in their hearts. No longer outer conformity, but inward transformation. This is really important for us to get because we can try to train ourselves into being something that we're not. But if we understand who we are, then we naturally are. <laughs> We've talked about trees producing fruit. You don't drive by an orchard and hear trees go, 
trying real hard to produce fruit. <laughs> they exist and they naturally produce fruit, right? If you know who you are, if you know the truth about you and what God says about you and he lives inside of you and his spirit lives within you, then you naturally do things like the Lord does things because you, you are with him. Man, I listened to, this is off subject, um, AJ recommended, it's funny, Judah Smith is going through something called the, tr the truth about following Jesus. And while we're going through something else about the truth, it's different but similar, some stuff. And I listened to all four of them the other day. I was on the road. I mean, talking about following Jesus, and, and, and as I was going through this, when you think about following someone, don't you have to, like, see them to follow them? Don't they have to be around? And so I began to see that same imagery that he's with us. We follow him because he's here with us. Even though we can't see him, his spirit is here with us. So when we say we follow Jesus, it's not that we try to mimic what he does, that we try to imitate what he does. He, we're indwelt with him. He is here. We're not, we're not trying really hard to be something that we're not. We're just increasing our revelation of who we really are. He created us. I talked, um, who did I talk to about that just recently? Um, Lonnie. I talked to Lonnie about it. We were talking about a hole, God-shaped hole. And most of you have heard that. It's because we are created and, and intertwined in the image of God, we will always desire. Like, the cards are stacked against the atheist. <laughs> they, there is something inside them that, that draws them near to God because they were created by him. Every created thing desires to know its creator. It has to have purpose. It has to have, that's why we seek those things. Sorry, that was off subject. That was free. <laughs> the, the law of God in the new covenant is love God and love your neighbor. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you to execute that. You can't do that on your own. Second term of the new covenant, I will be their God and they will be my people. It's a personal relationship. It's not about rules and rituals. This is getting to know the Father and he gets to know you. It's an intimate relationship. Now, we've transliterated that word in, in American language to mean more sexual things, but an intimate relationship is more knowing, really knowing the other person. And there's a communication that Tracy and I have that I don't have with anyone else. And it's not, this isn't a sexual thing. This is, we have a covenant. This same way the, the, the wristbands, the Disney, this ring, I can go to the store and buy a ring. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a ring. It's an outer expression of what we have. We have a covenant. We know each other. There are things that I can talk to her about that I don't talk to anybody else about in the same way. In the same way, we speak to the Father in a covenant relationship. It's not about, if, if, I, if I took the trash out, which I need to take the trash out more often, but if I took, if I took the trash out and I kissed, <laughs> I knew when I said that, she would go. If I checked off a list, think about this, if I checked, okay, I took the trash out, you know, I kissed her goodbye, I, you know, paid whatever bills I needed to pay, I did, you know, mowed the lawn, would that make us have a good relationship? Would that in and of itself mean that we have a good... No. It's, it's not about the rules and the regulations that I follow. I do those things, and I need to do them more often, because I love her. You'd be surprised how much you can fit in a trash can if you just keep pushing it down, pushing it down, and shoving it down in there. Uh, <laughs> all analogies break down the bill. <laughs> Except for the two ticks and no dog. That was pretty good. All right, so, <laughs> so the, uh, that was pretty accurate, I think. So <laughs> the, the third term of the new covenant is all shall know me. All shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest. Man, I th every time I see that no thing, I go back to the, the, 
the, uh, the woman who was outside the covenant that came to, came to Jesus and wanted her daughter healed. And she was like, you know, I, I need my daughter healed. And, she, and Jesus was like, you don't understand. That covenant hasn't come. I'm dealing with the, with the Jews right now. And she was like, no, I know. I get it. I get it. But I know who you are. And just a crumb from your table will heal my daughter. Like she knew him. She knew who he was. And so how much better that new covenant that came that covered, we, didn't, we don't need to beg for crumbs. Amen. Anyway, all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest. Man, that's good news. There's no more hierarchy. No priest has better access to God than you. We are all washed in the same blood. Listen, the, the church has messed that up. Some, I think intentionally and some unintentionally, where we've made pastors and priests and the, the, guy, the guys up here on stage hold more weight. Um, and I, I see that as being devastating to the church because you have a lot of codependent church members and you have insecure pastors and it just it eventually falls apart. It'll break. Men weren't meant to hold that kind of responsibility and that kind of stuff and it will break you. In the same way, it will cripple you if I try to make you dependent on me. Does that make sense? Because you guys are the church. Sorry. <laughs> Grace puts you in a weird position. <laughs> you have no excuse now. It's not my fault. You can take it up with him. Increase your prayer life. Let me know what he says. <laughs> Let me know what he says to you. I'd like to, I'd like to hear it. Term, the fourth term, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. That's good news. Yeah, no kidding. I'd rather mercy than, than judgment, right? I'll take that. I'm your guy. <laughs> Jesus, if you have any more of that mercy, I'm your guy. All right. Term number five. Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Talk about a good covenant. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. We bring up past sins, and God's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't remember that. And we want to remind ourselves, but, but what about this? This is keeping me from doing this. I don't see anything. God's like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. What's keeping you from doing something? I'm telling you, grace will mess you up. It will put you in a position that you begin to move and you have to follow him. It, it will put you where you didn't think you should be sometimes. Listen. I shouldn't be up here. I never went to cemetery. Seminary. I never. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, I'm, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. When you begin to see who you are in Him. And he begins to reveal to you how good he is, your life will change. Amen. And it will be for the better, but it may not be the way you thought it was going to be. Yep. It's grace, it's his goodness. <laughs> and, it, and our plans need to be submitted to his purpose. Amen. Because man has plans, Amen. but God's purpose is bigger. Amen. And what you think you have going and you think is building uh, whatever it is whether it's your job your ministry or whatever you, th you think you've got it all figured out 
He'll mess you up. He'll say, you know what? I've got something better for you. Same way he did with this covenant. I've got something better for you. You have no idea. I read this as a side note. I saw it on Facebook not that long ago. There's a reason your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. <laughs> and I know from some of my racing background, I used to, I used to drag race, um, street race mostly. But a lot of guys wouldn't either wouldn't look in the rearview mirror or wouldn't, would just take the rearview mirror out because you don't want to be distracted from what you're doing. You're trying to beat people. You're trying to move forward. I'm not, that's not a perfect analogy. I'm trying to beat people. But I'm just saying that you're so, with, with racing especially, you're so focused on what's going on and everything that's going on and trying to be in tune with whatever car or whatever it is um, that you're not even worried about what's going on behind you. You're so focused on what's going on in front of you, you're not, you're not even concerned about it. That's a great imagery for me anyway. So we, we take communion to celebrate and remember Jesus' life and spirit on the inside. We put the elements inside. We're celebrating our, our common union with Jesus. He has come inside never to leave us or forsake us. Colossians 3.4 says, When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We don't add Jesus to our life. He is life. We don't say, God, make our life better. He is life. We align ourselves with him. We don't add him to us. We say, God, what do you have for us? Lead me, guide me. We want to follow you. He is life. Don't ask God to make your life better. I just said that. He is your life. John 14, 16. And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide in you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He dwells with you right now. And when I was reading this, actually, as I was reading it, I wrote a note like two pages down that said, Jesus multiplied the bread. And Alicia found it. And she was like, is this yours? <laughs> but I had a thought, and I don't have time to expound on it, but I, I may another, another time, um, about how Jesus multiplied the bread. And I started thinking bread, and he's the bread of life, and he multiplied it. And now it's not just one Jesus. It's, all the, different Holy, it's the Holy Spirit in all of us. So just be praying about that because I just got that when I was reading this. And I just thought of it. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. There may be something there. So he dwells with you right now. By taking communion, we celebrate the presence of Christ on the inside. John 6, 50 says, This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Verse 53 says, then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh, for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me, and I in him. Now he's talking about this whole thing that we just did, the symbolic. Everything that we're doing on the outside is what's going on on the inside. There is no life outside of Jesus. We, we can I always go back to the first Matrix movie because it's pretty much the only good one. But <laughs> I always go back to the first Matrix movie because there's this alternate whole universe going on. There's this, this, is this thing going on in the background. And we can pretend like we're living life. We can, we can pretend like, you know, ignorance is bliss. I just want to, there's a scene in there where the guy just wants to taste steak again. He's like, just plug me back into the machine. I just want to taste steak. I just want to pretend like everything's good. But there's a reality 
much better than the one in the Matrix. But there's a reality that's going on with, within a, with, with our reality. There's a parallel. And so when I pray, I always close my eyes when I pray. And I, There was a time when I started opening my eyes when I pray because I thought, I don't want to be legalistic. Maybe I'm just... <laughs> Maybe I'm closing my eyes because somebody told me to close my eyes. And then, then I realized that I close my eyes because it, it opens, to me, it opens my spirit to what I don't see, to, to the realm, to the spiritual realm that is a reality. Because how many of you know that you can be distracted sometimes with what you see? How many of you know that I get distracted a lot <laughs> by anything that I see? <laughs> squirrel, yeah, squirrel. And so... When, when, I, when I do pray, and, I, and a lot of times when I get up here and I pray, I keep my eyes closed because I don't, not that I would lose a connection or anything, but I just, I feel like I'm, I just, I can feel that, that, that realm just crashing into ours. It's like that, that heaven invading earth through humanity. And it's so cool, I don't want to leave. <laughs> and so I want to hang out there a little while. And so know that he is life. He is love. He's made of it. You know, I heard for years that God's, almost like he's some cosmic killjoy that he doesn't want you to have fun or he doesn't want you to be happy. Listen, God created joy. He made you to have it. He's okay with you laughing. It's all right. I mean, it's okay. It's like I've, I've been in some conversations that are so somber that I just I try to hold back from giggling because I'm, I'm like, why are y'all so serious <laughs> right now? And it's usually about something very insignificant. <laughs> You're like, ah, like, why are you stressed out about, why are y'all so consumed with that? But that is reality to some people. What we see is their only hope and their only reality. Listen, you guys with the Holy Spirit in you should have some, some lenses that see differently than other people. I, I expect that. I think God expects that from us, for us to see people through, through his lenses through the way that he sees them. And the only way we can do that is with this indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He is inside us. He is with us. Um, the, the very last thing, number three, I did number two, but I didn't tell you it was number two. We take communion to celebrate the exchange of the cups. The exchange of cups is part of a covenant. Um, I'm not going to get into that too much. In the old, the old covenant, they would exchange cups as part of it. Um, we drink of his cup in remembrance of, drink, of him drinking of ours 2,000 years ago. There had to have been <laughs> something pretty bad in the cup for Jesus to say twice, Father, if this cup can pass before me, please <laughs> let it. Um, but, but your will, not mine, be done. But there had to have been something pretty rough in that cup that he, he if there was any way around it, he didn't want to drink it. Um, and it was, it was our sin. It was our, our junk. And not just mine, not just yours, but everyone's from the beginning of time to the end. And so Jesus said, okay, I, I'll do it. I'm going to exchange cups with you. I'm going to take your cup and you take mine. Um, John 18, 11 says, Put your sword into your sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which, which my Father has given me? Jesus drank your cup full of unrighteousness, disease, and separation from God. He took that into himself. Not just mine, but the whole world's past, present, and future. He drank our cup so that we could drink his cup full of righteousness, purity, and life. He is life. Jesus is life. He took our iniquity, our sin, our struggles, everything inside him. And it was so terrible <laughs> that 
he said, if there's any way I don't have to drink this cup, please let there be another way. But there was no other way. He was the sacrifice that had to come. He was the only spotless lamb that could do it. And so that cup that he took, he was indwelt with our sin. So we take his cup and we're indwelt with his righteousness. It's a trade-up. It's a good deal. <laughs> Guys, if you'll stand up with me. Um, it, if anyone's in here that's never experienced the, that kind of deal, it's the best deal in your life. <laughs> if you've ever traded anything, you've never traded anything like this. If you want to trade your cup for his, he's willing. So I want to give you an opportunity. I want, I'd, I'd like uh, the Turners, if you guys can come up, um, Melvin and Libby, and uh, Doug and Ramona, if you guys wouldn't mind coming up. Um, listen, guys, even if, if, you just need, if you just need prayer for something else, if you need healing, listen, his, his cup is full, and it has all that in it. It's not, it's not in pieces. It's not in drops. It's full. We've talked about Sozo before, saved, healed, delivered. It's all in one. When, when Jesus went around talking about saving people, he was healing them too. That cup, he took, he took it all. So listen, I'm, I'm going to pray over you guys corporately. If you guys want to come up, um, just pray with these guys. Trace and I are going to be at the back if you guys just want to talk or, or you know, we'd love to introduce ourselves if you're a visitor here. Um, but listen, feel free. These guys love, love you guys. All they want to do is bless you. They're not here to judge you or... or bring any shame or guilt on you. They just want to pray for you. So, Father, we just thank you right now. Father, if you're speaking to anyone in this place, Father, that they would just, just come up front and, and, and receive that. Father, even right where they are, Father, if they're just feeling in their spirit that they, that they, they want to trade up, they want to trade um, their cup for yours, Father, we, we want you to uh, meet them right where they are, and I know that you will. Father, I know that you, you didn't need to convince me of how bad and wrong I was, just as Bill said, it was your grace and your kindness and your goodness that led me to repentance. It was you meeting me right where I was and said, you know, I love you right there, right where you are, and that changed me. It wasn't your wrath. I knew very well I was doing wrong. I didn't need anybody to tell me. But Father, you came in and said, you know what? I know you're not looking for me, but I'm looking for you. I'm seeking you out. Father, thank you the same way you sought me and you chased me down, you're chasing other people. And you're right there with them, Father. I pray that they would just receive it right now. And listen, if, if, you, can, if, if you can hear my voice even now or online, we put this online, um, just receive that in your heart right now. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. But he's willing to give it if you'll just receive it. And just like any gift, you just say, thank you, Father. I receive your gift. I receive it right now. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace and your power and your authority that as we leave this place, we don't turn off our Christianity. We don't hang it on a hanger by the door. But Father, we're empowered to go out and seek those. Father, there's still people that are out there that are lost and looking for you. Father, use us and create some divine meetings this week. that some people can encounter you through us. We're open vessels, Father. We just pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen.
You guys are dismissed. If you want to come up here for prayer, these guys are going to hang out. We're going to be at the back. Love you guys. Have an awesome, awesome day.